Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Welcome to Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives with Bill Neenhouse, President of Child Care Worldwide, a child sponsorship ministry transforming children's lives by exposing them to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's join Bill now as he opens us up with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for creating this world in which we live. Thank you for specifically designing and organizing the earth and the universe to work in a very precise way. We know you did this because you love us so much. Father, open our hearts and minds as we continue to look at the book of Genesis today. And we pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hi, I'm Bill Neenhouse, and welcome to Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives. I'm really glad you could join me today. This program is brought to you by Child Care Worldwide, a child sponsorship ministry that's passionate about delivering the gospel to children all over the world. We provide a unique one-to-one relationship between sponsors and children. Child Care Worldwide removes obstacles that stand in the way of kids hearing the call of Jesus. Well, we've been busy the last few weeks. We've been taking a look at the book of Genesis. It's such a rich book of the Bible, and we've covered so much. But let's quickly review what we've been looking at. The first thing we talked about was Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. God was in existence before the world began. He was already there. This verse tells us that God was working. He was hovering, going back and forth over the waters. God wasn't standing still. He wasn't just looking at the waters. He was hovering and going back and forth across the waters in the darkness, preparing to create our world. He created this world out of nothing. Would you be able to make something out of nothing? I can't. We can't. And that shows us just how mighty our God is. He is the one and only Creator. The second thing we spoke of was the fact that Jesus was actually with God as he created the world. John 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In John 1 verse 14, John identifies the Word as Jesus. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. The word became flesh is a direct reference to Jesus coming to earth and being born of flesh and blood, a real human being. Whenever there's a reference to the word, we know it's a reference to Jesus. So Jesus was with God as he created the world and everything in it. The third thing I talked about was the Bible being one large continuous story. In the very beginning, God is creating the world, and there are many references to creation all throughout the Bible. Listen to Isaiah 45, verse 18. For this is what the Lord says, He who created the heavens, He is God. He who fashioned and made the earth, He founded it. He did not create it to be empty, but formed it to be inhabited. Isaiah was acknowledging that the Lord made the heavens and the earth. There can be no doubt about the biblical account of creation. 
Look at the very last book of the Bible, Revelation. Revelation 4 verse 11 says, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. This is when the twenty-four elders laid down their crowns before the throne, giving thanks to God for creating the world and everything in it. So you can see that the entire Bible is filled with examples of God creating this world. The fourth thing we come to is God actually creating, organizing, and building the world for us. On day one, God made light. He separated light from dark and named them day and night. On day two, God made the sky that separated the waters above and the waters below. He named the sky heaven. Day three was filled with a lot of creating. God gathered the waters into one place and had the dry ground appear. He called the waters seas, and the dry ground he called land. After this, God ordered our world by commanding the earth to produce seed-bearing plants and trees. Because the plants and trees had seeds, more would be able to grow. An interesting aspect of this is that each seed-bearing plant and tree is categorized according to their kinds. That's why we don't have a tree that grows bananas and peaches. And we don't have a plant that grows blackberries and blueberries. God was very intentional in how he created these things. Isn't that amazing? Day four is when the sun, moon, and stars made an appearance in the sky. And this helps us keep track of days, weeks, months, and years. Day five was the day the creatures of the sea and the creatures of the air were created. And how magnificent it would have been to witness that. Childcare Worldwide transforms children's lives by exposing them to the gospel of Jesus Christ, providing for their physical needs, and sponsoring their education. We connect sponsors with children through Christ-based life centers. With sponsors and life centers removing barriers, children grow spiritually and physically into thriving, productive adults. We're committed to exposing the kids to the gospel of Jesus. Our country directors and program staff are national professionals, allowing our programs to be more effective within their culture. Every one of our programs are run through a local church, and we accept no government funding of any kind, and that allows us total freedom to proclaim the gospel. A focal point of our program is to remove the barrier that stands in the way of kids getting good education. Our program doesn't stop at high school. For some children, we offer opportunities to attend trade school and maybe even university. Our hope is that each child becomes significantly employed. At Life Centers, children learn from a gospel-focused Bible curriculum. They also learn about character building, which develops strong ethical, moral, and leadership qualities. A component of this curriculum focuses on spiritual strength and resisting corruption, which enables our young men and women to fight against the leading cause of poverty in their culture. If you'd like to support children in need, go to childcareworldwide.org. There, you'll find information on how to become a sponsor of a child. There's also other opportunities to help us. By helping us build water systems, deliver food, provide medical treatment, clothing for kids, and even building shelter, we're driven to remove barriers that kids have in their lives which prevent them from openly hearing and receiving the call of Jesus Christ. 
Go to childcareworldwide.org to learn about how you can help a child in need. If you're just joining us, welcome to our study of Genesis on Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives. I'm Bill Neenhouse, and I've just finished reviewing our exploration of the creation story in Genesis. Now let's continue from where we left off last week. Genesis 1, verse 24 through 25 says, And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that move along the ground, and wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Day number six is a very busy one with the land producing living creatures and God making man. Let's talk about the creatures first. There are three different categories of animals God created here in verse 24. First, he commands the earth to provide livestock. These might have been horses, cattle, or goats, animals that we humans could use to help us live. The next category was the creature that moved along the ground, and these may have been lizards, spiders, or mice. Lastly, God commanded the wild animals to be produced, and they may have been bears, elephants, or buffalo. Since we still have animals around, we can only assume that God granted them the ability to reproduce. Did you hear the organization God put into place? The phrase, according to their kinds, is repeated three times in this verse. God didn't allow an assortment of animals to be made, but instead, He made groups of like animals, and He set limits for each group. He did the same thing when He created plant life. He categorized each according to their own kinds. Here's another point that disproves the Big Bang Theory of creation. How could something so intricate and detailed as the lines of a zebra or the spots of a leopard be created in space by molecules exploding? Each zebra has completely different lines and yet remains a zebra. Each leopard has different spots and yet remains a leopard. This is only possible by the actions of our sovereign God. At this point, God is done creating vegetation and animal life. When we look at all the creation with the variety of plants, trees, and animals, it can only point us to our God. Only God in all his wisdom could create our ordered, organized world. There are so many things I take for granted. These somewhat mundane things happen every single day. For example, when I wake up in the morning, I don't have to guess if the sun will be coming up. I know without a doubt it'll be there in the sky every single day. Now, I'll admit living in the Pacific Northwest does dictate as to whether or not I actually see the sun. It's usually parked behind a lot of clouds, but I know the sun is there. I also know that each day will have 24 hours without fail. These things will never change for any of us because that's the way God intended our world to be. I'm going to try harder to not ignore these significant things that happen each day. God provides warmth, light, food, and water. He provides. We've come to the last few verses of Genesis chapter 1, and they are the pinnacle of God's creation. This is a high point for the creation process. This is the purpose for which God created everything. The creation of man and woman. Let's talk about the last six verses of Genesis chapter 1. Genesis 1 verse 26 says, Then God said, 
Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. This tells us that man is distinguished above all creation. Why does it tell us that? Because it says we are made in God's image. We are the image bearers for God. He didn't create the moon or the seed-bearing plants and trees, nor any of the animals in his image. He left that honor to man. Now, before I ruffle any feathers, let me be very clear about something. The word man in Hebrew means mankind, people, men, women. It doesn't just mean a man or a male. It means mankind, which includes both men and women. Nobody else but men and women were created in God's image. Did God create man and wish them luck? God didn't make man and woman, put them on the earth, and let them wander around aimlessly. No, the man and woman were immediately given a duty. They were given a job to do. God commanded man to rule over or have authority over the fish, the birds, and the livestock. He was calling them to be stewards over the animals. That would be a great responsibility. Genesis 1 verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. Notice the word create is repeated three times in reference to man and woman. God created man. He created him. He created them. This stresses how important the creation of man is. Something very important about how man was created is that man is the only thing that was created in God's image. Nothing else was created in the image of God. But what does it mean to be created in the image of God? We possess reasoning, wisdom, and love, to name a few. God has these attributes as well, but unlike God and man, the animals do not possess these attributes. Mankind has the unique ability to recognize a problem, think through that problem, lay out the different solutions, and then take action to solve that problem. We have the ability to do this because that's how we were created. For example, let's say it's been snowing hard for a few days. You need some groceries from the store, so you get in your car and carefully start to drive down the road. There's snow everywhere, and you come to a street where you have to turn left. But you misjudge the turn because you can't clearly see where the road ends and the sidewalk begins. You end up sliding and hitting a huge pile of snow that hasn't been plowed. What do you do? Well, you have a few options. You could call the tow truck, or you could turn your wheels, put the car in reverse, and try to gain some traction. Maybe you can get the shovel out of your trunk and start to clear a path in front of you. Whatever you decide to do, you'll get out of that snow because you put thought and reasoning into the decision. Animals can't do that. Only humans can. We are representatives of God here on earth, and we have the attributes of a personality. No other creation has these attributes like God and man. God is joined with man, but man isn't joined to any other creation. We're set apart for God. Another way we are created in the image of God is morality. We are free to make our choices, but we also know that we're responsible for the consequences of those choices. We have a spirit that enables us to be aware of God, acknowledge Him, worship Him, and love Him. Genesis 1 verse 28 says, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, and every living creature that moves on the ground. 
The second part of this verse repeats verse 26 in which God gave man a job, a duty. He told man to rule over every single creature that had been created. Therefore, we are responsible for and have authority over these creatures. Man and woman were supposed to subdue the creatures and make them beneficial for their survival. Man was supposed to be a vital part of creation. He was created to be the steward of the earth. If you look at the first part of verse 28, God actually gives man a blessing. Let's back up a minute and go back to verse 27. This is critical. Remember when God created man? Man and female, he created them? God created a man and a woman. In verse 28, after he created them, he told them to be fruitful and multiply, to reproduce, and it was a blessing. Furthermore, it was a command. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 26, 27, and 28, God has made man, given them a job, and elevated them above all other creations, and given them the command to procreate and fill and subdue the earth. This is yet another example of God ordering the world. Genesis 1, verses 29 through 31 says, Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth, and all the birds of the air, and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. Now that God has created the earth, created the seed-bearing plants and the trees, created all the animals, and of course created man and woman, he tells them exactly what he has given to them. Every single seed-bearing plant and tree is theirs for food. They can eat all of it. They were able to eat and enjoy all the different varieties of plants and trees. Then he speaks to the beasts of the earth and the birds of the air, and all the creatures that move on the ground. And he tells them that he has given them every green plant for food. It makes sense that man was given the seed-bearing plants and trees for food and to be responsible for them. Man can take those seeds and plant them, care for them, and grow more and more each season. Animals can't do that. Animals were given green plants as food, but not the seeds. Animals can't plant and care for seeds each season. This is how God designed the earth, and it's a perfect design. Genesis 1 verse 31 says, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. God knew what he made was good. There was no guesswork and no indecision. He made it, and it was good. It really is that simple. God's plan is better than our plan, every single time without fail. And that marks the end of the sixth day. God was finished creating. Genesis chapter 2 verses 1 through 3 says, Then the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Notice how many times the word seventh is mentioned. It's mentioned three times. The seventh day God had finished the work. On the seventh day, he rested. And finally, God blessed the seventh day. The seventh day is very important. At this point, God completed his work. He worked for six days and rested on the seventh day. This doesn't imply that God was tired. Far from it. The word rest in Hebrew is Shabbat. 
This is where we get our English word Sabbath, and it means to cease, terminate, or discontinue. In fact, God stopped his work because he was done creating the world and everything in it. There wasn't a need to do anything more because it had all been done. The next thing God did was to bless the seventh day and make it holy. We see almost the same exact words in other books of the Bible. Exodus 20 verse 11 says, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. Sound familiar? This is the fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. We are commanded to work for six days, but on the seventh day we are commanded to stop our work and rest. We are image bearers of God because we were made in His image, so we should imitate God and work six days resting on the seventh day. Next week we'll pick up from this point in Genesis. We've been talking about God creating and ordering our world, and we just got done talking about the command to keep the Sabbath holy by not working. As president of Childcare Worldwide, I visited many countries and I've seen many, many families who cannot rest on the Sabbath because they work tirelessly to provide for their families. Here's a success story from a formerly sponsored child. I want to tell you about a young woman named Justine whose life was transformed because of people like you who chose to sponsor her. Justine grew up on a farm located in Kalangala on the island of Bugala, one of the largest in the Sesi Islands in Lake Victoria, Uganda. Justine was one of eight children, and their family raised a few goats to provide them with milk, and they also grew a small vegetable garden. This is what the family drank and ate each day, goat's milk and a few vegetables. They didn't have much and were barely making ends meet. Justine's father died when she was eight years old, leaving the family in grief and hardship. Her mother was trying to care for her eight children, and there was no money to keep any of them in school. One day, a benefactor wanted to sponsor Justine through Child Care Worldwide. Their lives completely changed after that. Through sponsorship, Justine would receive food that would help sustain her brothers, sisters, and her mother. She came to know the Lord, and I'm so thankful for that. Our passion at Childcare Worldwide is delivering the gospel to children so they can receive the promise of everlasting life. Justine was able to finish primary school, then high school, and finally graduated trade school with a nursing degree, all because a benefactor decided to sponsor her through Childcare Worldwide. Justine knows what her life would have been like if she had not been sponsored. She probably would have been married at a very young age, have many, many children, and be forced into hardship trying to care for them. After she graduated with a nursing degree, she worked in a private clinic, and she saved her money. Then, something amazing happened. She was able to open her own small pharmacy. Today, Justine has a goal of gaining more experience, updating her license, and expanding the pharmacy into a full clinic so she can serve others. Justine was quick to thank the couple that sponsored her, because she said they supported her so much throughout their relationship. They wrote to her often, they prayed for her, and encouraged and inspired her to keep pushing and striving through difficult circumstances. This is exactly what child sponsorship looks like. Can you make the decision to sponsor a child today? There are more kids just like Justine in the world who need the gift of sponsorship. As you can see, sponsorship is impactful, 
not only while children are here on earth, but forever with their Lord in heaven. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for providing us with your rich and fulfilling word that gives us clear direction on how we are to live as your image bearers. Father, if anyone is listening that doesn't know you today, I pray that you will touch and open their heart and mind and draw them to you. Thank you, Father, for all the people who sponsor children and donate to Child Care Worldwide. This truly is your ministry, and I give it to you. I pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Well, I'm Bill Neenhouse, President of Child Care Worldwide. Thank you so much for listening to Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives. It's a pleasure to talk to you each week. You've been listening to Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives with Bill Neenhouse, President of Child Care Worldwide. To learn more, go to childcareworldwide.org. Join us again next week here on 820 AM, The Word.